we're just going to get right to it because we're all here for the same purpose. That's just to soak up the presence of God tonight. And I, I truly believe that there's an impartation of the Holy Spirit that he is going to release tonight. I don't know about you guys, but I have a hunger for something more of God. You know, I know we talk about the more of the Lord in our church culture in this stream, but the reality is God has more. He has more of his spirit. He has more of his anointing and gifting and fire to release into each one of us. So I would just say, if anything, just open your hearts with hunger tonight. And even while we're worshiping, just anticipate whatever he wants to release into you. You know, it's no different than when you're having quiet time and you're spending time before the Lord in worship and in the word, and then you sense his presence coming upon you, filling you up on the inside as your heart partners with heaven and, and your mind is agreeing and coming into alignment with truth through the scriptures and what you're hearing his spirit say to you. And it's, it's even a more of an increase when we come together as a church body. There's something unique that God does when we worship together. You know, the Bible says that God is enthroned on the praises of his people. He inhabits our praises. And when all of his sons and daughters come together in one room, well, maybe not all. Well, I don't think all of us would be able to fit in this place. But all of us as this church come together, our, our hearts, our gates of our spirit get a fling wide open, and we get to release his presence into the atmosphere. And that sounds kind of almost weak when I say the atmosphere. Jesus said, out of your innermost being, rivers of living water will flow out of you, referring to the Holy Spirit. That's what the scripture tells us. So I and you, each one of us, we all have a river of living water flowing out of us. So when we come together in a, a time of worship, that river is going to get released in a stronger measure. As we worship him, as he is inhabiting our praises, his presence is going to fill this room. And our hope and anticipation is that his presence and his angels would go beyond this room out into our city and that warfare would take place. Maybe stuff that we have no idea that's happening. But one thing we do know is that when we worship, God is moving. He is releasing his angelic hosts into the atmosphere, into the room. You know, we each carry an open heaven. That is part of your inheritance as a Christian. You have open access to the Father, open access to the throne room 24-7 because of the blood of Jesus. And so we get to fellowship with him 24-7, and we get to pull heaven into our earthly circumstances, into, into the earth, into the city of Bremerton, into your apartment building, into your homes, Everywhere you go, you get to be releasers and dispensers of the kingdom, of the Holy Spirit. So I don't know what that always looks like, but one thing I do know, it's good. That you carry the fragrance of heaven, and that's good. You carry the Holy Spirit, and he comes out of you like a river, and that is good. So why don't we stand together? Let's do this declaration together. This, this declaration comes from Isaiah 61. And just remember to brace yourselves for the blast. Because when we're done, right before we start singing, singing worship songs to Jesus, there's something that's going to shift in the atmosphere. We don't do this just as a, I don't know, fun little token thing to do. Hey, let's just blast a horn today. We really feel like God um, just 
impressed on my heart to ask David to bring it again today and to ignite us into worship with the sh something that in the atmosphere is going to shift as he blasts that horn and we begin to sing our worship to Jesus. So here we go. You ready for declarations? Isaiah 61. Here we go. Father God, as Legacy City Church, today we declare that Jesus has poured out his spirit on us. He has anointed us to tell the world of all he has done. We declare restoration to the brokenhearted. We declare freedom for the captive. We release the light of Jesus to those in darkness. We declare this is the day of the favor of the Lord. We release the comfort of Holy Spirit to those in mourning. We declare kingdom provision for those who are grieving their circumstances. We place a crown of beauty on those in the ashes of loss. We release the oil of joy upon those who mourn. We trade a spirit of despair and clothe ourselves in praise and worship. We are the oak trees of God's righteousness. Our roots are planted deep in Jesus. We are covered in his glory. We will rebuild what the enemy has ruined. We declare renewal over our city. We break the curses of the past. We declare all these things because we have received authority as kings and priests of God. Amen and amen. And let's just worship Jesus in response. Jesus, worthy, worthy, worthy Lamb of God. Just continue to lift up your worship. Jesus, we declare you're worthy, worthy, worthy. We will never cease to praise your name, God. We were designed and we were born for worship. We will worship you, Lamb of God, all the days of our lives. We're your worshipers, the ones your Father seeks, the ones who will worship you in spirit and in truth. Holy is your name, Lord. Holy is your name. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We declare the earth is yours. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord. You rule and you reign as king forever, Jesus. And you will bring your kingdom in its fullness. God, we look to you. We fix our eyes on you. Jesus, you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. We worship you, Lamb of God. We worship you, Jesus. We just say glory, glory to your name. All honor, all praise, all worship, all adoration, all surrender be to your name. King of kings, Lord of lords. We thank you, God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you're here with us today. We just say we love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Papa God, Father, Daddy God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Holy Spirit, for your sweet presence, for the glory of your presence, the weight of your presence. Thank you for being here with us today, Lord. We thank you that you never leave us. 
You'll never forsake us. We're never alone as we sang tonight. I'm never alone. Thank you, Lord. Whom shall I fear? In heaven and on earth, there's nothing besides you that I would fear, God. We love you, Lord. Love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. something if I call you up here or, or not I just I'm going to ask you guys just to come up Barbara would you go ahead and come up if you if you don't want to that's okay if I I ask you to come up and you're just like I I'm not ready or I'm not feeling it okay that's fine yeah that's good you're feeling it okay um, David and Kara I'd like to ask you guys to come up too I just, what, what I really would like to do is just um, hear what, what the voice of the Lord is saying to just a few of your brothers and sisters in the room. I believe that he speaks to every one of us, every one of us in this room. Jill, why don't you come on up too, if you have something, unless you're, you just want to say, okay. Normally you say no, so I wasn't going to ask, but I thought, I'm just looking at you and you're like, okay. Tao. Tao, if you would come up to, if you're if you're up to it. So let's just let's just receive from what the Lord has for us, um, and once we're done, we're we're going to go into some prophetic promises that have been spoken over this church tonight. So God has something for all of us tonight. I, I'm confident of it. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, let me speak your word, Father. Let me glorify you, Lord, and give you honor, Lord, with your Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. I just felt like there's grace right now. Um, I'm always trying to see what the Father's doing. And there's a spirit of grace, and he's saying, just think about the circumstance that you're struggling with right now. And he's saying, Jireh, Jehovah Jireh. He's a provider. Whatever circumstance, whether you need healing, financial, whatever's going on, he's saying he's going to meet that need. And it's, it was more specific for you and Tammy that he's saying, what do you want from me for this church? What do you want next? He's saying, call forth your board members, call forth your pastors, your youth pastors, your children's pastors. He's saying, I am your provider. 
and I'm providing these things now. He's opening up new doors, new realms, new levels in everything. He's laying out the foundation. And he's saying, Jehovah Jireh is going to provide. And literally, I heard, ask, ask what you want next, and he will provide it. saw the lid coming off. The lid is just popping off. The roof is coming off. There's an anointing and a call here, and the Lord is establishing a new foundation tonight, building on top of what was already built. Tonight is, there's a call on tonight. There's an anointing for tonight to go forward into tomorrow, which are called into. And there's a, a well and a fountain being established here for healing, for revival, for salvation, for growth. It's going to go forth into the community. It's the life-giving river of Jesus Christ is here. And the lid is popping off on all of our lives. If you would hear that, the Holy Spirit is in you and everything that you need. Jesus is the resource for that. He was worthy to open the scroll. He was worthy. The stone was rolled away. Everything that we need he already has given us access to. So today is a new day for that lid to come off where it's been blocked before. It's coming off now in the name of Jesus. The places where it's been stuck is being unstuck in the name of Jesus. And I just hear the Holy Spirit saying, hand it over to me. Hand over those cares, those dreams, those things that you hold on to, those burdens. They're hard things that we're holding on to, difficult things. Hand it over. There are dreams that we have, those long sought after, those things on the horizon that he's given you. Hand it over. He wants to permeate your life with his presence, with his Holy Spirit. He wants to permeate you with joy, with peace, just like it is out here on the waters. There's that peaceful, rainy mist drizzling on the water and in the trees. And just like there's those torrential downpours that come in, he wants to have those moments with you. Just hand it over.
the shadow of the Almighty. He said, I'm your safe place. I'm your safe place. I'm your safe place. Run to me. Run to me. Run to me. I'm your safe place. I hear the Lord saying, Take baby steps. I see Jesus standing near a little child who's playing in a puddle of water and they're just playing cheerfully and happily and I see Jesus taking the little kid by the hand and taking the first step forward and leading the child forward but he's taking the first step so he's saying I'm your safe place and you can follow me I already made the first step so you can follow behind me and walk with me. He demonstrated that on the cross. He took the first step, and the word said that um, we love him because he first loved us. So he's just said, I'm your safe place. And I just hear that word, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God's promises are yes and amen. In Christ Jesus, every one of his promises are yes and amen. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your promises. We, we take hold of the prophetic promises spoken tonight. We thank you, Lord. just feel like the Lord is pouring out tonight, pouring out whatever you need. He's pouring it out. He's pouring out extravagant love, extravagant love. And he's pouring out new giftings that you never imagined that you wouldn't see yourself, you know, doing those things or saying those things or whatever. But he's pouring them out. We're not going to be the same people next year that we are this year. And it's because of his extravagant love. I don't know who I'm talking to. <laughs> we receive it. I feel like, you know, we, we've been saying increase. We've been taking the, the promise of increase in all of its different facets and applications. But I really do feel like tonight there is an increase that God is depositing in every one of us. 
and uh, I just felt stirred. You know, I, my plan originally was just to continue on Ephesians. You know, we we're going to go into the second chapter. But I just felt like the Lord just led me to go to communion tonight. And we're, we will take a time of communion because he wants to release healing and strength and grace into each one of us as we participate in, in eating of the bread and drinking of the cup. Um, there's something powerful that takes place when we remember the price Jesus paid on the cross for us. When we remember that he, he paid the price and opened up, wow, I might have to switch back to the other microphone. When, <laughs> when maybe it's just an angel zipping by. That would be awesome. <clears throat> um, yeah, when, when he said it is finished on the cross, it was finished, and heaven was opened for us. The, the veil in the temple was torn in two, and we have access. We, we read it in Ephesians 1, verse 3. It says, every blessing in the spiritual realm, in the heavenly realm, has been lavished upon us in Christ Jesus. And as we take communion, we're remembering the price that was paid so that we can access the inheritance that Jesus has for us. So we will that at the end of the evening. I'm going to go ahead and switch this one. And we'll go old school to the wired connection. Um, I'll go ahead and if you guys want to go, go back, unless you want to stay up here. You want to stay up here? That's okay. I mean, I kind of like having you guys up here. It's, it's nice. Um, so we will, we will finish off with a time of communion, but I also felt like there's, a, there's many promises, many prophetic promises that have been spoken over our ministry. And I say our, not just Tammy and, and myself, but our as a church. Whatever he's given to us for Legacy City Church, he's given it to all of us. Because if this is your, if this is your house, if this is your spiritual home, then all of the promises for this church are yours to go after as well. So in all of those prophetic promises, there, there are some key promises. And one of those promises is that, um, it's not necessarily even a promise. I, let me back up. It's, it's more part of our DNA as a church. Part of our church culture is to grab hold of, of healing because we believe that Jesus paid for our healing on the cross. I know this, this can be a complicated discussion because there are so many different ways of looking at healing that we've all maybe have heard in the body of Christ over the years. And I feel like tonight there's gonna to be some clarity, at least clarity on where we stand as a house. And it's not that Tammy and Scott one day just felt like, oh, we should be a church that goes after healing because that would be cool because, you know, miracles and signs and wonders. Yeah, why not? No, we feel a specific call to go after healing. Um, maybe even a little more aggressively than some other churches. I don't know. I don't know what every church is doing when it, in regards to going after seeing healing take place. And when we say healing, we mean the full sozo, the full salvation that Jesus paid for. You know, it is through the blood of Jesus that we have been saved. That word saved in the New Testament is sozo, which means body, soul, and spirit. Being saved, healed, and set free. 
So we want to see people saved. We want to see them healed and set free. But, but the facet of healing, physical healing, spiritual healing, mental healing, we've tasted of it and we've seen measures of it, but we feel like it's a call, on, a, a call from God on our lives and on our church to be a house of healing. And we will go into some of those promises, but I wanted to start out by just playing a recording for us of two recent prophetic words regarding healing. And what I'd like to do is, well, there's, there's a point where in the prophetic, the second half, there's two prophetic words. One was when, when the Bethel students were here. And the second was when Jeff was here on uh, the, the 10th of April with the students that he brought. And when his daughter brings a prophetic word about healing, I'm going to just ask you guys if, if we can, maybe we could just do this now. Let's, if you would, if you would with us, just let's just stand and receive the prophetic word. Ta I, I, what I would like to do is see each one of us just, you can close your eyes if you want. You could put your hands up, but just receive the promise of God over this house for yourself. Can we do that? Are you guys ready? I don't know how, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know how loud it's going to be, but don't be startled. It should even out, so if it feels like it's really volume-filled, here we go. Let's just go ahead and receive this. I feel like you guys are stepping into an anointing that's greater than John G. Lake. In Spokane. In Spokane was declared by U.S. statistics the healthiest city in the world. Because I think there were like 100,000 plus people that were healed. Enough to shock statisticians in Washington, D.C. And I feel God saying it's greater. Okay, I had a word for your guys' um, church. So as soon as I walked in the doors, the Lord says, what was a barren season is giving birth right now. An expansion is coming. Expansion is coming. And I felt like the Lord was reminding me. So I'm taking a team to Wales. So like Wales has been super on my heart recently. So um, the Welsh revival started with 13 people. That's not a lot of people. And I felt like the Lord was saying, you guys have a harp and bowl ministry here that um, is birthing a revival because you guys are revivalists. And so it's birthing something in this area that's about to expand. And it's not about um, works or anything like that. It's about the harp and the bowl, the, the worshiper and the warrior. And I heard the Lord say, I'm baptizing you with a new fire. Like, you guys had baptisms up that you're having soon. But if you really think about a baptism of fire in the same way as a baptism of water, you would be baptized in fire. That means you get purified. You get all the stuff burned away. It's an ugly process. Like, if you've ever seen somebody burnt, it's ugly. But the Lord says, I'm bringing a new fire. And I was in Mexico. So he brings the fuego! 
I feel like if you feel like there's something inside of you where you feel like you're the revivalist, I want you to stand right now. Because the Lord is releasing your capacity. He's breaking the borders. He's breaking the walls right now. And he says, Fuego! There's more. There's more. There's a capacity that's being released right now. So, Lord, I just declare right now on these revivalists that their capacity would be broken. Their capacity would be broken. I feel like the Lord is saying, um... That you guys carry the mantle of John G. Lake in this place. The John G. Lake anointing right now. So Lord, come in a new way. Mark their hands to heal. Mark these hands for love. Mark these hands for the gospel, Jesus. Release a new fire in this place. A new fire that would shift this nation. It would shift this city. It would shift Washington. It would shift families. I see the Lord literally marking, like, not like a blood, um, a bloodline or like um, a, a plum, plumb line. Yeah, plumb line. He's marking a fire line. He's marking a fire line. And people are going to smell when they walk through the city. They're going to smell the flames. They're going to smell the wire fire. So, yeah, Lord, I just release the revivalists into the fullness. The more, the more, the more, the more. Get ready, get ready, get ready. What was a barren season is getting birth right now. I can feel it. What was a barren season is giving birth right now. Where the bones, where the valley of dry bones has been, the Lord says, rise up, rise up. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you guys just put your hand on the person next to you? Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for the promise. I don't know if we can fully wrap our minds around the John G. Lake mantle or anointing, but God, we receive what you have for us as a house. We receive it as individuals, God. We, we declare we were born for such a time as this. We were born for such a time as this, and we just release it now. We release an increase of that anointing now over every person in this room. Every person in this room, God, the revivalist anointing, that we would walk through the city, we would walk through our spheres of influence in your power and in your love and in your anointing. And we would extend your kingdom. That we would be a kingdom-minded people. Thank you, Lord. We just say fire. The person on our left and the person on our right, God. We just say increase the fire. In increase the fuego. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, wildfire. Burning us, Lord. We were born for this, God. We were not surrendering our lives to you for boring Christianity. We've tasted enough of that and experienced enough of that, God. We are here to do the stuff you've called us to do, to do the works you've prepared in advance for us to do. And we know that it requires your fire. So God, we just position ourselves tonight to receive your fire. And we remind ourselves of your promises spoken over us, spoken over this house. Even the words that have been given to individuals in this room over the last season or so. God, we, we bring to remembrance 
the prophetic promises. We bring them to remembrance, God. We put the, the words before us. We make them plain. We write them out on the scroll. We keep it before us because we know without prophetic vision, we wander, we fall astray. We, we get distracted by things that are not kingdom. But we will remind ourselves, God. We will remind each other of the things that you've spoken, of the things that you say about each one of us. Thank you, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. just would be a proper response. Um, if you have a prayer language, if you pray in tongues, let's just take the next minute and give thanks. You know, oftentimes praying in the spirit is actually worship unto the Lord. When the people heard the, the disciples speaking in tongues for the first time, they heard them declaring the things of God. And you know, we can just give thanks to the Lord in, in your spiritual language, or if you don't yet have that that you've stepped into, just begin to give thanks. But let's just take a minute and praise Him and worship Him. We thank you, Lord. sit down you can or you can keep standing if you want I mean I don't know if I'll bore you to the point of needing to sit down but no, I don't think you'll get bored We've got some good stuff tonight guys so this is just going to be a smidgen of prophetic promises and then we're going to kind of end it with the topic of healing because we have been given that, that prophetic word twice now. If I get it a third time, I've said it before, I'll probably wet myself <laughs> with a bottle of water dumped over my head. <laughs> Fresh baptism. It's, I think it's unusual within a two to three week time frame to
two different groups of people gave us that word. And if you know anything about John G. Lake, um, it's his ministry that started the healing rooms, which are all around the world, all around our nation. Um, he had a healing ministry in Spokane as that East Coaster guy. He didn't know, but that's okay. We know what he's talking about. Spokane, Washington was known as America's healthiest city when he had his ministry there. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the one who lives inside of you releasing his presence through your life. And God has called us as a church to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. Ephesians 4.11. I mean, yeah, for Ephesians 4.11. God has placed in the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints to do the work of ministry until we all reach fulfill, uh, not fulfillment, well, it will be fulfilling, but until we all reach the full measure of the stature of Christ. In other words, until we all come into full maturity into the stature of Jesus, just like Jesus. Until then, we will lean into apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to equip us to do the works, to do the stuff. And I, I know that this is an important scripture for us because if we don't remind ourselves and our, our church what God has called us to now and then, and I would say your own personal prophetic words, reminding yourself and the promises of scripture for your life as a believer, it says, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. I think, I think it's just we get bored. We get tired of playing church. We get tired of just showing up and doing the same thing over and over, where it, it feels like sometimes it just becomes repetition, and, and it's like, what's the purpose in it all? I go back on Monday to do my week of stuff, and nothing seems any different. You know, so that would be the lie of the enemy to try to uproot you and persuade you to not place a value on the gathering of the saints. And we know from Scripture, the Scripture tells us in Hebrews that we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves with one another, but we should actually do so more and more as the day approaches. And if there was ever a time that it looked like the day is approaching, we are living in it now but we won't go down that road right now. Uh, but where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander. We get bored, we wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. I think the word of God is encouraging us to stoke our excitement, stoke our passion with the written word of God and the prophetic promises that have been spoken over us individually and corporately. So, here we go with just some. This is just a portion. I would have to go through out probably not, I don't know, about hours, but at least an hour, maybe a couple hours of prophetic words recorded that have been given to us um, as a ministry and pull from them. But we have a few of those things pulled aside, and we've actually been declaring some of them in our Wednesday night um, prayer time as well as opening up our meeting a couple weeks ago, I believe, with the declarations. So some of the things we are believing for as a church, okay, so this is church-wide, through prophetic vision and prophetic words, okay, so 
This is not only prophetic words like the recording that we heard, but also the, the things that God is showing you that we don't yet see, showing us that we don't yet see, like a house that is increasing, ministries coming into fruition in this place. Um, as Christian was saying, you know, this is the time to ask for those worship leaders, youth leaders, different kinds of of uh, key people to lead in specific roles and all of the different things besides just leaders that, that we're asking for. Those all come through prophetic vision. We have vision for something that we're not currently experiencing, right? We see something that we have not yet walked in, but we're going after it and we're declaring the things that we don't have now as if they're already in our possession. That's what it means to be a prophetic people. So we're an apostolic prophetic church. We want to see from heaven's perspective what heaven sees over us into the future. And we want to be a prophetic people declaring those things, speaking those things over our, our church and over our, our lives. So as vessels and gateways, you are a vessel, you are a gateway. All of the work of ministry was not intended to be done by the pastors and teachers or the apostles and prophets and evangelists. It's actually the work of ministry was for all of us. We are all called to the ministry, and that's a message we've preached lots of times. You've all heard us talking about, welcome to the priesthood of believers. You have been anointed and appointed to do the works of ministry. Thank you, Jesus, because now I don't have to do it all. And not one person, it does, the weight doesn't rest on just one of us, it, it's on all of us. We all get the excitement and privilege to co-labor with Jesus, to see him get the reward of his suffering. So through prophetic vision and words, as vessels and gateways for the kingdom of God to come through us into each one of our individual spheres of influence. So here's just a handful of things. This is part of what we've declared recently and in our prayer time on Wednesday night, that we are a people established in our identity in Christ. I could just I gotta be careful because I could just start preaching on each one of these things. All I'm gonna say is knowing who you are and whose you are is vital to your success in accomplishing what Jesus has prepared for you to do. You have to know that you're a son or a daughter first, above all things. That your ministry does not give you identity. Who you are as a son or daughter is your identity. Your ministries change over seasons. But one thing that doesn't change is the spirit of sonship who is in you and your relationship with Daddy God as your father and Jesus as your big brother and Holy Spirit as God inside of you. So established in our identity, I'm not going to do this over every point, I promise. Unity and like-minded in beliefs, that we would be powerful pillars in our community, powerful people of strength, People of, I don't know why the word dignity, okay, the pe people of dignity, people of, you just put the word on it, people that are of excellence, what was that? Integrity, integrity. thank you, that was the word I was looking for. See, I help you normally and you helped us. So. There we go, integrity, people that are stable and healthy and whole and being made whole, that doesn't mean we've arrived and we're perfect, okay, but unity and like-minded, powerful pillars in the community, excellent stewards of his presence, we know who's in us and we're carrying him and we are stewarding his presence. A training center for inner transformation. That's what, this, what the vision 
of Legacy City Churches. I don't know how far down the road that would fully unfold, fully. I mean, it probably is an ongoing process that hopefully maybe never ceases, but I know we're not fully experiencing it now, but we are stepping into it with what we have now, who we are now as a church. We are stepping into being a training center to see our lives transformed on the inside, becoming fully confident in who we are in Christ and equipped to do the work of ministry. Orphan hearts and prodigal sons come to know the Father. That's the spirit of sonship rooted in our identity. People learning to see from heaven's perspective. We, I would call that the apostolic we are an apostolic people. We have the blueprints of heaven that we peer into because we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. We are with Jesus in the heavenly realm. That's where we positionally stand or are seated. And we look at our situations here on earth from heaven's perspective. So we're learning to do that. We're not perfect at it. Some have more, uh, more stronger. Some have stronger um, strengths and anointings in, in the realm of seeing, but we all have the ability to see and hear what the Spirit of God is saying and showing us, which brings us to the prophetic. So an apostolic prophetic people, which requires us to be intimate with the Lord. God has called us into a relationship with Jesus, not a religious act of duties and rituals and attendance. You know, that's, attendance is important, but we don't. That's not what saves us. That's not what makes us Christian. I like what uh, Keith Green said some years ago back in the 70s. He said, going to church does not make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. So there you go. Chew on that for a little bit. A people that, so we know who we are. We're learning to grow an apostolic and prophetic anointing. And we're calling out the golden people. Instead of being anointed by the devil with suspicion. I, I don't know who said it. It was probably Chris Valentin or, or Bill, but suspicion is discernment anointed by the devil. In other words, we don't want to be suspicious of what is what junk you're all carrying. Who has the hooks inside of them? You got you got a secret sin that you're you know carrying around? It's my job to sniff it out. That's that's not who we are as a people. We are not here to call out the dirt. In one another and try to find out the issues in each other's life. We are here to call out the gold. You already know what junk you carry, okay? You got a mirror. Hopefully, you look at it every day and make sure that you don't have spinach stuck to your tooth from last night's dinner. Hopefully, you give yourself a good, you know, tooth scrubbing, flossing, wash your face, comb your hair, you know, look in the mirror, but also inspect yourself. You, you know where you're at with God. You know what stuff he's telling you to lay down. Whether, whatever it is, I don't even need to go through lists. But it's our call as a church to be a, a body of believers, a family that, that cheers one another on, calls one another forth into their destiny, and calls out the gold, the treasure that maybe you don't even recognize you have inside of you. It's not about, you know, hearing, you know, tickling each other's ears and just saying sweet nothings to make you feel good about yourself. Okay, God knows and the enemy knows, and I think you know too, that we hear probably more self-talk that's negative than positive. 
In fact, we probably talk ourselves out of what God has called us to do many times because we excuse ourselves from qualification. We find out all of our faults and our weaknesses and we start to say, see, I'm disqualified. We're just like Moses. Why do you want me to go? I stutter, you know, send somebody else. But God is like, no, this is what I see inside of you. I've placed these treasures inside of you. And so as a prophetic body, we get to call out that treasure. We get to call out the gold. We get to prophesy over one another. And it's fun. It's fun. It looks a little different every week when we do it up here. It doesn't have to just happen up here. You get to prophesy. You get to give prophetic words over people when they don't even realize it. I, a couple weeks ago, three, maybe four weeks ago now, I was giving a prophetic word to a kid at Subway at a 10 o'clock at night who was making our after church evening meal for the kids and Tammy and I. And I think Isabel was was at the house. But this this kid, I started getting a prophetic word for him. And I didn't use Christianese to give it to him. I heard God say some specific things. It was fun. And he he got emotional, but tried and he fought it back. I could see it. He just like looked down. I was like, you know, your name. What's your well first I'm this is a little bit of a side trail. I'll try to make it quick. I don't think I shared this. Did I share it already with anyone? No? You guys don't remember this? Okay, so his name, I asked, because he knew my name from our, my online order. I was like, so you know my name. What's your name? Is that if it's okay to tell me? And he said, Alec. And so I was like, oh, Alec, huh? That's a cool name. Good name. And I was like, do you know what your name means? And he said, no. And I was like, well, while you're making those sandwiches, let me look up real quick. And I looked it up, and I, I don't remember exactly what it was, something like a, a defender of people. And I was like, whoa, dude, your name is powerful. You've got a powerful name. And I said, this is what it means. And I read it out to him as he's making the sandwiches, looking a little bit like overwhelmed. I said, I bet you you're the kind of guy that people go to because they know that you'll have their back, that you'll protect them and you'll stick up for them. And that is when I saw him get a kind of like fighting back the motion. And then I, on the way down there, I dropped the kids off, the kids, I dropped my kid off. I dropped Tammy off at the house so Oscar could have his chicken McNuggets before they got cold because the sandwiches got behind schedule. And so I took Tammy up to the house and then as I was coming back, I heard another word for him, um, high intelligence, high intelligence, and that his words are important for him to understand the power of his words that he speaks over his own life. I didn't know if that was going to fit in at any point, but that's just kind of what I heard. And so after telling him what his name meant, I, I told him, I said, you know, on the way back here after dropping my wife off with the chicken McNuggets for my little guy, um, I was getting a sense of something that I heard for you. I don't remember exactly what I said, but it wasn't Christianese. But I, he kind of knew what I meant, I think. I just said, you know, I feel like you are a person of, of high intelligence. And he went on to tell me about his not doing good in school because he was ADHD. And that's when I knew words. What do you speak? And so I encouraged him at the end of our conversation that you might believe that you have ADHD, but that's not what you're supposed to speak over your life. You're supposed to call yourself a man of high intelligence, high IQ. And he was ready to give me a 50% discount by that point. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just telling you guys, you can give a prophetic word to the Starbucks barista, 
that's happened before too. It's, and it's not, I'm not a prophet. I don't know if I even hold one of the fivefold giftings in my, in my future, or I'm not walking in any of those currently as an office. Um, but I know that you are all with me called to be apostolic and prophetic, as well as evangelistic, as well as pastoral, and teachable and able to teach. We're all called to be affected by the fivefold ministry so we could do the work of ministry. So go out and prophesy. Just ask God, what, what would you say to this person in front of me, Lord? And, and just see what you're seeing in front of you, what stands out and is obvious to you, not dirt, but gold, and just call it out. If you see their name tag and it's a cool name, say, man, say their name out loud. Say, that's an awesome name. You got a good name. People don't hear that. They don't tell themselves that, and the devil's definitely not telling them that, and they're probably not listening to God because they're not walking with him, and so they wouldn't know these things unless a child of God, a son or daughter of God tells them what God says. And when you're talking to people and they know that you're hearing something from God for them, they're like, what is it? Like they're hungry. They don't even know they're hungry for it until they realize that they're hungry for it. And they, they just soak it up. They love it. They love it. We've seen it with family members where Scott was getting a prophetic word for them over Thanksgiving or something a couple years ago. And one was really short, and the person's like, that's it? You don't have more? <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry, that's all I have. But people are hungry. They want to know what God thinks of them. So if, if we had an assignment to give out tonight, I would say take any prophetic teachings that you've learned, any, any kind of knowledge that you kind of retained, and talk to God about it. Ask him to give you a divine appointment, a man of peace, a woman of peace, to put in your path, and see what happens. And be specific. Say, tonight, even when you go to bed, say, Father, tomorrow morning, I'm going to look for the man of peace or the woman of peace that you're going to place in front of me. And I just give you thanks in advance. See, this is the joy. This is the joy of my salvation. It's the joy of knowing Jesus and knowing that I'm going to be with him in heaven someday. But it's also the joy of knowing that my relationship with him on earth is real, tangible, and active. And I get to co-labor with him and tell people about his goodness. So we all get to do that. It's it's good. We have been saved into something that's fun. It should be fun. Now, you know, circumstances around us might not get so fun. You know, we're not in Shanghai right now. We're not told by our government to stay boarded up inside of our houses for weeks on end. Pray for them because it's happening. And I don't know how they're getting by with surviving it, but it's happening. But even in those kind of situations, we still get to do ministry if we are imprisoned for our faith, like Paul and Silas, chained up to a prison wall because of preaching Jesus, midnight comes around, we get to start singing praise songs, worshiping God in that jail cell, and we'll watch the chains broken and the jail doors pop open, just like Paul and Silas did. I think it's Paul and Silas. Well, anyway, Paul and somebody, I think it's Silas. Anyway, let's continue on here. It should be fun. We get to have fun. 
God is a supernatural. He's supernatural. And we get to take our boring natural and add his super to it and walk with him in life and see what he will do. So we're a church that, that is believing God for city transformation. We pray for it. Releasing blessing and wisdom into our city government to see crime decrease, issues for homelessness. We're a church that wants to see the keys released to us individually and to the church, even corporately in, in our city, corporately, the church citywide, to have keys to see addiction and depression broken. Yeah, I don't think it's difficult, but I think we're, we're afraid that it's too big of a problem to see it broken. There's a ministry that I can never remember, but it's that New Yorker guy. Do you know who I'm talking about? Probably. Dave Wilkerson. Dave Wilkerson had an anointing on his ministry for heroin addiction to get broken. And years later, one of our friends was addicted to heroin. He was in a Mexican gangs down in, L I think it was in LA. He always shows pictures on his Facebook page of his past. He was ministered to by some of that teen challenge group. That's what it's called, Dave Wilkerson and Teen Challenge. He got set free from heroin. All desire gone. On the TV? Oh. Okay, well, if that's how it happened, then that's probably very likely it could happen that way. Whether it was through TV or them ministering to people on the street, they saw heroin addiction broken. Like, no more desire to ever do it again. Gang leaders coming to Jesus, weeping, surrendering their lives to Christ. So there are keys, there are anointings that we can access. I believe Jesus wants to give it to us to access it so that we could go minister his power and his love to people. Undo the works of the devil as Jesus did. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. And now he left us here with his spirit, with his anointing to go and do the same works he did, even greater works than these. We'll actually look at that scripture in a minute. To undo the works of the devil. So wherever you see the devil has caused havoc and, and brought people into bondage and, and disruption in their lives and destruction, we've actually been given an anointing and a, and a call by God to if anything, pray for the kingdom to break in on that. But if he gives us an open door, that we would actually be able to be used by God to bring restoration into that place. We declared it tonight from Isaiah 61. We will restore the ancient ruins, the devastations. We will rebuild. So God has called us to be builders and people that will bring the newness of life that Jesus has given us to give it to others. Healthy individuals, families and marriages, healing hearts, that is a, a direct prophetic word given to Tammy and I at least twice, if not a third time. God has called us to heal hearts and it's for our church. Salvation, miracles, signs and wonders. Okay, so this is where we're gonna ramp up and focus in on the healing aspect of it. So we've received these prophetic words recently that we have this John G. Lake mantle. 
I didn't hear that the first time. I didn't hear, Jeff had texted me later and he said, you know, they say that no one has ever picked up John G. Lake's mantle. His daughter prophesied that it was over us as a church, as a ministry. And then two weeks or three weeks prior to that, the Bethel student who said Spokane, Washington was the home of John G. Lake. He said that that anointing, even a greater anointing than that of John G. Lake was upon our ministry. I don't know what that does for you guys if you're like, that's good for you and Tammy. No, 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 no. No, you don't get out of it that easy. See, what God wants to do, if that is a true word for us, and I believe that there was confirmation in bringing it to us twice, already calling out the desire of our hearts, if that's what God has intended for this house, then you guys get to be the dispensers just like we are. And it's, it's not about works. It's about moving with him. It's about flowing with him and moving and being intimate with the Lord. Yeah, we learn in our Wednesday night class getting free from hooks. We want to get the hooks out of us. We don't want to have things get in the way to where shame comes on us. And then we, we disqualify ourselves by focusing on who, or not who we are, but what we have fallen into occasionally if we fall down and get our knees all dirty. God wants to lift us up, get us free, bring us into constant intimacy and communication with him, communion with him, and lead us to people to bring the same freedom we carry. Does it sound good to you guys? Or would you rather have boring Christianity? I mean, you can have it if you want. You don't have to do anything. So, Randy Clark said, healing is central, not peripheral to the gospel. Healing is central. It's not an extra outer thing that occasionally happens. It is central to the gospel. Jesus healed everyone everywhere he went. There's only one place he went to where it was hard for him to do miracles. And there was a good podcast that I listened to regarding that. It had to do with honor. But anyway, that's another subject. The Bible tells us that he healed all. He healed all. Mark 16, 17 and 18. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. They will drink deadly poison, not intentionally, I don't think, and it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So this is, those are statements that they, they will. This is what we will do. These signs will accompany those who believe. Okay, so we're not going to go down the road of, well, so why aren't we seeing it? Let's just take what the Word of God says about us and use it as a prayer point. There you go, Wednesday night. You can prayer point this. John 14, 12 through 13. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So that's that scripture we kind of refer to it as the the greater things verse. You know, greater things than these will you do, because I'm going to the Father. Now, people have 
taken that theme and have kind of ruined it by saying, you know, God just wants to duplicate himself in the earth and make you a bunch of little gods. Okay, so that, that's taken it too far. But you are a Christian. You are a, a little Christ. That's why they called them Christians, because they were like little Jesus, not little, like midgets, but a replication of Jesus. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. Resurrection power is in you. The promises that Jesus has given us is that you and I will do the same works he did. Wherever we preach this message, these signs will follow. So we've been given permission and I would even say a command, a commissioning to go and do this, these works, the greater works, because we are carriers as Paul said, it is no longer I who live. I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in me. So when we say, as John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. Yeah, you need to have your own personality and your own giftings and style, but it's Jesus is packaged inside of you. The gift of God, the presence of Jesus is wrapped up inside of you and you get to be Jesus, the Barbara version of Jesus, the Cheryl version. I'll, I would use the guy's names, but it's more, it's more fun. It's funner. It's, it's more fun to point out the ladies. Jill gets to be Jesus in Jill's skin. And every one of you, we each, are they drilling a hole through the wall over there? Pass pizza through. Yeah, we'll take a large pepperoni and... Anyway, I hope you guys are catching this. We aren't just servants of God and just believers. You don't just believe. The devil believes and he trembles, right? We aren't just believers. We are born again, sons and daughters of the Most High God, given authority and commissioning by Jesus himself to go and do the works that he did. We're reading it right there. Activated, yes, that's what we need is activation. So here's a, I'm gonna go through this really quick. I'm not gonna, these aren't preach points, but we're just gonna go through. So what if I pray for someone to be healed and nothing happens? So this is, if, if we all prayed for people and they instantly got healed, we would keep praying for them. We're like, I just got someone healed, let me give me next. Next in line, start a prayer line right here. Got the fire in my hands. Well, I wanna say, I believe you do have the fire in your hands. And God wants to fan the flame. He wants to breathe newness and freshness on that fire and release a greater anointing so that we could walk in that John G. Lake. We probably won't call it that. We'll call it the Legacy City Church anointing. We'll steal it. But it won't just be for us because God wants to, he wants to release these anointings throughout the earth into all of his church until the glory of the Lord, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covers the face of the earth. So what happens if someone doesn't get healed? Here's just some good points. You might want to take a screenshot because if you struggle with why people don't get healed sometimes, these are some good answers. This is some good Bill Johnson stuff here. So here we go. Number one, you realize that it's not God's fault. Sounds good to me, okay? We're not going to put God on the hook for it. It's not his fault. Two, learn from others who see miracles. 
have them pray for you. So go to a healing conference. Get in line, even if it takes an hour for Randy Clark and his team to get to you, to lay hands on you, or Bill Johnson. Push your way forward, yes. It's called, it's time for impartation. If you feel heat on your hands or a string, strong emotion rising up, run to the front, run to the front. Yeah. And don't think just because you're not at that conference physically, if you're streaming that conference, if you can't go, you're going to get the same thing because that's when I first got activated was we, several years in a row, we watched Randy Clark's conference on healing and in my living room in the afternoon, I'm feeling swirls in my hand and I'm like, what the heck? And that's when it all started. That's when it all started, and I, they didn't touch me. But then when we did go to the conference, oh, man, it was good. So try and get there if you can. But if you can't, stream it. Yeah, yeah so it ignite, you can get it through. Well, and he's talking about it in some of these points here. So learn from others. Maybe go to a conference, have them pray for you. Or it doesn't have to be Bill or Randy. It could be anyone with a healing, a reputation for, you know, healing happens when they pray for people. If you don't know people who see miracles, find them. Books will help if the author has a miracle lifestyle. So don't get books from people that don't have a miracle lifestyle. If they just have a theory, they can explain through the scriptures how healing you know, happens. Now we wanna see, we wanna hear from people that are actually doing this stuff. Do what Jesus told his disciples to do when he addressed the problem. Pray and fast. Now this is really important though. Pray and fast not just for the problem, but for a lifestyle anointing. So if we're not seeing the miracles happen, we need to go into the secret place and ask God, show me the secrets, teach me. Give me the anointing, God. I, I hunger and I thirst, I long for a greater anointing. I wanna see Jesus get his reward. We can go after it through prayer, through fasting. I know that it's been on my mind a lot in the more recent weeks just to spend for me to spend a time in fasting because I really want an increase in that anointing. Take a risk. You're not gonna know if they're gonna get healed unless you take a risk. Pray for people and don't pray, it says in the notes, not, if it be thy will kind of prayer. So we don't wanna say, oh Lord, if it's your will, would you heal them of their cancer? because we already know that it's the will of God to heal. And we have to break away from that lie that God sends sickness to teach us lessons. If that was the case, if he sent cancer or sickness to teach us a lesson, then it was really cruel for Jesus to suffer on the cross and carry our diseases in his body. And it would be counteractive to what Jesus did. Jesus was constantly healing people and driving out the demons and setting them free casting fevers out of people, rebuking that fever. He healed all. So we need to get that kind of stuff out of our minds. If that is a struggle with your theology, then if you're going to stay in this church, you'll, you'll come around. Otherwise, it'll be something that's going to be like something you'll have to really wrestle with because we really do believe that it's the will of God to heal people. And that's why we're going through, so what do we do if it doesn't happen? Okay, it's not his fault. We need to go after the anointing to increase in ourselves. We need to take risks. It's, oh, so yeah, not if it's, uh, not if it be your will kind of prayer. In the thousands of people I've seen healed, this is Bill Johnson speaking, I've never seen anyone healed from that kind of prayer. 
So he's never prayed that kind of prayer and has never seen a miracle happen when someone said, Lord, if it be your will. It's hard to hurt someone's faith by praying for a miracle. Not praying for a miracle gives them no chance for increased faith. This is what hurts faith. That is what hurts faith. The real goal is to show people God's love. And faith grows in the display of God's love. That is a really important point. If we are coming towards people with a heart of God's love, wanting to see them set free from what is ailing them, his love is seen when we show compassion and display God's power. When God heals people, give him thanks and praise. Learn from it so that it will happen again. It's a good point there. We learned that in our healing class that we took a few couple months ago. When someone passes you the mashed potatoes at the Thanksgiving table, what do you say in response? Thank you. So when we're praying for somebody and we say, Have you, do you feel anything? Is there 50% better, 70%? And they say yes, we need to give thanks to God. If someone isn't healed, realize the problem isn't God and seek him for direction as well as personal breakthrough, which is greater anointing for consistency in healing. Also, don't take it personal, okay? Don't get offended at God that he didn't do what you were thinking he was gonna do. There are other factors involved besides great faith. That is only one element in the equation. So great faith is only one element in the equation. Just learn to do your best to be faithful to his gospel and honor him for the results. Also, it's not wise to blame the person who's sick. In other words, don't do it. We do not put it on people. If we pray for someone and we have faith and we feel the power of God moving, like we're feeling it tangibly, there's like electricity, and they don't get healed, don't blame them. That, that is not the heart of God. That is not the heart of love. Now, unless the Holy Spirit is leading you to walk that person through some maybe um, some forgiveness for, for somebody, if they're just hitting a wall and they're, they're not receiving anything, and, and the Holy Spirit leads you to ask them, do you feel like you need to forgive anybody? Then, then walk through some freedom because salvation isn't just physical healing, it's also freedom. And freedom often comes first and foremost through forgiveness choosing to forgive someone that they're holding unforgiveness towards. <laughs> Let there be light, and there was light. Okay, so we don't blame the person who's sick if they don't get healed. Here's the last point. There's a difference between a miracle and healing. Now, I sometimes forget this. Miracles happen in an instant. You pray, and then boom, 100% healed. They're on the floor babbling in tongues, shaking on the floor, getting electrocuted by the angels or whatever. I haven't seen that happen here yet. Not the electrocution, but I've seen people on the floor. I won't name any names. <laughs> so miracles happen in an instant, and healing happens over time. It's important to recognize the progress of what God is doing in a person's body and give him thanks because healing increases in the atmosphere of thankfulness. So you start to see a 50% improvement, begin to give thanks. His, 
his gates and his courts, we enter them with thanksgiving and praise. Praise and thanksgiving, it welcomes him in. It, it, he is enthroned on the praises of his people. He inhabits it. So we just want to glorify him and give him the honor that's due his name, even if it's not a 100% healed miracle, but we see healing taking place. That means God is doing something. And so we give him thanks. You'll learn over time that even if that person's not getting healed right then and there, you're going to love to pray for people to get healed because you're actually grabbing onto the heart of God and finding this love and compassion for people who need it. It's just, I love it. Like, it's, I love praying for people to get healed and I love prophesying. Like, those are my two things that I just, I'm like, yeah, let me at it. Because I love it because you just, you just get God's heart so quick for people. And yeah, it's, I love his heart towards people. We, we owe the world an, an encounter with the Lord. So we should, should be, I, I believe we are, you know, living, breathing, walking vessels of the presence of God. And everywhere we go, the potential of an encounter happening between God and the person in front of us is it's right there. The kingdom of heaven is it's at hand. It's, it's in your hand. He wants to be released through your hands through your touch, through your heart of love, through your welcoming of him coming and having, even if it means putting your dignity aside and being maybe look foolish, maybe you're not going to see a miracle happen. You're taking a risk of being called weird, you know. Sometimes we just have to push it all aside. And we'll push it aside if we remember this. Jesus' blood, he already paid for it. Okay, we want to see Jesus get his reward. I go into that whole story. You could look it up on your own. Google the Moravian missionaries. They, they basically laid their lives down to go to a, a place. I think it was an island where it was all slaves. And they went with the passion to see Jesus get the reward of his suffering, to see people saved and healed. And so that was the word, the words that they said from the ship as they were leaving their family and friends behind. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Maybe that should be our declaration when we're praying for someone. So, it's that time. Let's go ahead and prepare to take communion. And we're going to end with communion. If you need physical healing in your body tonight, I'm going to invite you to stay up here with your communion elements. Just grab it and then maybe come stand off to the side. If you don't need prayer for healing, you can either go back to your seat or you could um, stay on this side of the people that are up here so you can help us pray. And we'll just, I'll just walk us through taking communion together and then we'll be done. Does that sound good? All right, here we go. Oh, I lost my microphone stand.
so I'm going to assume that you two are up here for prayer. Is that, yeah, Tal? What's that? I didn't know if you're up to help pray or, or needing prayer. Okay. And I know you're here for prayer. Were you here for prayer? Okay. To pray or for prayer? For prayer. Okay. Okay, so why don't the four of you just kind of come right up here, and I'm going to ask the rest of us to get around you guys. And I'm just going to put this down. We don't need to record this.
So just a kind of a fun um, thing. So the whole John G. Lake thing and being from Spokane, I grew up going over there every summer. So it's kind of fun that that's where he's from and that's where it happened because Spokane has a really special place in my heart because that's where I spent my summers. So I love that city. My, yeah. Watch it for you, Spokane. I don't know. I was kind of thinking maybe that'd be fun on vacation. <laughs> you never know. Okay. Anyway, we won't grave suck, no, no, but <laughs> we won't do that. I promise. Okay. Yeah. So, Father, God, we just thank you, God. We thank you that we get to spend time with you, Father. God, we just want to walk in everything that you've got for us. But most of all, Father, we just want to be with you. God, I just pray a special blessing over everyone tonight, God. God, that they'd walk in their fullest, God, in their full calling that you've got for them. God, give wisdom and revelation. God, help us just to press into you more and more and to seek your face. God, bless each person this week. Give them divine appointments this week, Father. God, we just thank you. God, we thank you for our evening. God, thank you for always showing up. <laughs> 